Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Okay, good morning everybody. Lovely to see you here this morning. It's nice to have the, the chatter and the hubbub of people greeting each other. It's great. It's really good. Um, Joy was mentioning about uh, babies being born and so on. I'm going to talk about being born and what, what we're born for. So that's uh, an interesting little connection there. Uh, I believe somebody's phone going ping, ping. Um, might be an idea perhaps to turn phones off just now. Um, unless you're expecting a call from someone more significant than God himself. Um, but that's okay, you know. Just, just a thought. Um, but, but we're going to talk about born and what we're born for. And, uh, um, you know, born, we're, when we're born, obviously after that, every year we have a birthday. Are there any birthdays in the house today? No? Okay, never mind. Tomorrow. Close. Close. So someone might have a birthday tomorrow. Do you realize that actually there is amazing research that proves birthdays are good for you? Phenomenal. It's shown that those who have more birthdays significantly live longer. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Oh, I like that one. Okay, um, so Tyler asked me to speak, and then as he as is his once, once in a while, he says, just whatever you feel is the right thing to speak on, which is always good and bad, because I'm going, oh, well, I'd love to speak on this and that and the other, and I never quite know exactly what to bring. But over the last year, I've really been exploring a few things, one of which, and it's mostly through the books that I read, the times that I spend in my devotion, time in the morning, and that sort of thing. And over the last year, I've read one particular significant book on the blessing, the blessing that we have from God that comes from the generations, that goes right back to Adam and Eve, through Abraham, to us, because we're a covenant people ourselves today. So the blessing is really important to me. Another one that I've been reading that's been really of importance to me and has really been significant is this one by Bill Johnson. Those of you who know, perhaps know that I... I'm a particular fan of Bill Johnson and all that he does. Uh, Reading in California, his church there, Bethel. Really, really good. This one's called Born for Significance. So could you guess perhaps what we might be speaking about this morning? Oh, okay, maybe not. Born for Significance is what we're going to talk about today. I'd recommend that if you've got the opportunity to, to purchase a book or borrow a book, this is a really good one. And, you know, if you do like I do, I just read a little bit every morning as part of my devotions. It doesn't replace my scripture reading. It goes alongside my scripture reading. And that just gives us an opportunity to, to get fresh insight and fresh input in our daily lives. So, with that in mind, three things today. Born for significance, because of who we are, because of who you are. Born for success. And everybody goes... Christians, we can't be successful. No, born for success. Why? To reign in this life through Christ Jesus. Aren't we called to that? Okay. And born for such a time. Chosen before the foundation of the world to be here right now. In this circumstance, in this time. Significant times that we're in. And we're to be significant in these times. So born for significance, born for success, 
and born for such a time. How are we born for significance? Well, each of us was truly born for significance. It is true. You may not realize it, but you've got that inbuilt desire within you to be significant. When Ruth and I, um, ah, showing my age, many, many, Ruth was, was clearing out some stuff the other day and um, came across a, a course that we'd been on here in this church, and the certificate was there from 1994. Wow. That really showed my age. However, the reference I'm going to talk about is actually some training we went on before that. God, oh, I must be really, really old. Um, which was probably in about 1987, 1988. And that was from um, CWR. It was a counselling course. And one of the things they brought forward was this idea that each of us have three key things, three key S's in our lives that we look for and that we, we want. One is security. The other is self-worth. And the third is significance. We, each of us, were born with an inbuilt desire, an inbuilt need for significance. I don't know about you, but growing up, um, I'm risking moving forward on this. Um, I'm just nervous I'm not going to find it. Uh, yeah. Uh, growing up in Wolverhampton, um, those of you who know I come from Wolverhampton, I, I was... I was literally, because we're talking about born for significance, I was literally born in a council home, which maybe these days you might talk about as social housing or whatever. I was literally born in a council home, in a council estate in Wolverhampton. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking that at all. I'm just giving you a bit of background as to some of my thinking back then. Because of that, I certainly didn't feel like I was significant in any way. Not particularly. Nobody in our family had ever been to university. Nobody had ever had a degree. Nobody had ever had an education. Um, my one claim to fame of my family, which was uh, <laughs> perhaps not such a good claim to fame, and we didn't really know much about it because we were ashamed of it as a family, was that my granddad, who actually never married my grandma, which was a problem in and of itself, um, was actually, we believe, we still don't know how many years later, we believe was put in prison for shooting a policeman because he was Irish and he was part of the original IRA in the 1920s and was involved with gun running. We believe. We don't know too much about it. So as a family, we sort of, we, we kept our head, if you like, below the parapet. We didn't want to be significant. We didn't want to put ourselves up and be seen. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Yeah, okay. And I don't know about you, but I think probably most of us, to some extent, feel a bit like that. These days, if you go onto social media, the last thing you want to do is put your head up above the power pit and be significant because someone's going to shoot you down. Maybe not. I think so. I think it's really tough these days. Anyway, growing up, there was that. And then I discovered, and, and you know, we didn't travel anywhere, we didn't go outside of the UK, we didn't do that at all. Our holidays were in Wales. We didn't go to Spain or anywhere like this. So very, very narrow view of the world. But then I discovered the planets and the stars and the universe and how vast it was. And now I'm going, oh, my goodness me, I'm this little tiny thing in this entire vast universe. I'm even less significant than I thought I was. But then, but then, then I discovered 
that actually there's a greater person than this entire universe. God, the creator of it all, who actually does love me and counts me as significant in his eyes. And because of that, I could gain some significance from him. I don't know about you, can you... Um, you know, we, we, we might think that we might not be able to contribute something significant in history. Can you think of people, that Christians, that you would go, yeah, that's sort of almost a bit of a hero for me, someone who really contributed something significant in history. Any ideas? Billy Graham, yeah, that's a good one. Why? He reached so many people for salvation and had a massive influence from the 50s right the way through all of his lifetime and spoke into generation upon generation, political situations, presidents, because of the calling upon his life. That's true. Billy Graham, great. That's a really good example. Anybody else? Any other example? Gladys Aylward. Okay, and then why? Which is great came from nothing, achieved so much because of the grace that God had put upon her life, because of the calling she had, and because she fulfilled her purpose. You know, we could think of so many others. We could think of Elizabeth Fry, who impacted the prison system. We could think of Reinhard Bonnke, a bit like Billy Graham, who, you know, seeing miracles of people, millions of people miraculously saved, bringing together a million people in one event. Amazing things. And we look at those, I don't know about you, but I look at those and go, there's no way I'm ever going to be that significant. And that can perhaps be a bit downheartening, but we mustn't let that be downheartening for us because actually we, each one of us, you and me, are significant. We are significant and we can have significance in our situation. What do I mean? We might not be able to change the course of history in some major way, but we do have significance in our own way. Two specific ways I want to mention. Number one is our identity, and number two is our purpose. Because we each have a unique identity and we each have a unique purpose and our significance should be found in that, not in trying to echo somebody else's purpose and significance. Yeah? Okay. We shouldn't be copying and comparing ourselves to the Billy Grahams and the Rhino Bonkers, not in the sense that we need to be like them, except in our heart attitude. That's where we should compare ourselves. Doesn't it say in the scripture Proverbs uh, 4, it says that out of the... Um, we should guard our hearts, for out of it come the issues of life. Our hearts are the most important things we need to look after. Well, you and I are significant. We're significant for two reasons, identity and purpose. We've got a significance, first and foremost, to God, the creator of the universe. He actually thinks you are significant. There are times, maybe that you feel alone. There are times you feel there's nothing and no one who really cares. I don't know, maybe you don't feel that way. But I find that even in the busiest of times, even in the moments when we're, we've got people around us, and I think perhaps over the last couple of years it's been emphasized even more, there are times we can be lonely even with loads of people around us. And in those moments, let's not think about how lonely we are, let's think about how valued we are, let's realise we have significance in God himself. He created us. You know, we're, we're not just a collection of molecules and cells, as you know, I'm a bit of a scientist, and uh, um, 
That's really important to me, which is not just a collection of cells and chemical uh, interactions. We're not biological processes that just come together by accident, but we were created, you were created by God, chosen to be who you are for this time. Jeremiah 1.3 says, 1.5 speaks of how we were formed in the womb, but how God knew us before we were formed in the womb. Other passages talk about how God knew us before the foundation of the world. Um, Ephesians 1.4 and John, 4, John 17 both say that, that we are loved by God so much because he knew us and loved us before the world was framed and was formed. We're the result of the loving plan and touch of the creator God. He has a passion for us. He's got a passion for us. And, and, and um, Donna mentioned it this morning as well. He's got a passion for us to receive all that he has available to us, to become all that we can be, and to overcome because he has overcome first. To receive the blessing that he wants to put upon our lives so that we can be a blessing, so that we can see it go forward into other people's lives, to be blessed and to be significant. So we're significant to Father God himself, but we're also significant because of our purpose. Each one of us has a purpose as a calling upon our lives. Our identity is that of a child of God, and our purpose is such that we can fulfill God's calling upon our lives. John Bevere, in, in the introduction to that book, says, and it's a really interesting warning that we should have, because some of us forget about the fact that we have an identity and a purpose, and they're two separate things. He says this, Many have stumbled when they attempt to find significance from what they do rather from who they are. We should gain our significance from who we are. We're chosen children of the living God rather than from what we do, which is the calling we have on our lives. Does that make sense? Okay. I think the clock's stuck. Ha-ha! <laughs> Still says 25 minutes, Woo! which is good. Oh, God. Okay, I'll whiz on then. But you have significance as well, and you have significance maybe not necessarily in the history-changing type of thing that will be recorded in history books for the future to know about. However, you and I have significance today for the world that we impact it's not about changing the world, it's about changing your world. It's not about having influence in every aspect, it's having influence in where you are and in your situation and in your sphere of influence, as you might call it. I don't know, spheres of influence, what spheres of influence do you think we have? What, who do you influence? The family, that's number one on my list, yes, absolutely. The family. We, there, there are people around us, whether we live with our family or whether we're connected to them distantly, the family is the first place that we can influence and we can have significance. What are the things? Neighbours. Neighbours, yep. Neighbours, our street, our community, the community we live amongst. We can connect with them and we can share with them. We had some friends over yesterday and we were chatting and one of the things they said that they came from overseas and one of the things they said was that the, the 
they were reflecting on the lack of community perhaps that we have as a, as, as a nation here in the UK. And you know, that's when we can really continue to grow and develop, especially over these times we've learned and realized, yeah, it's gone down to nine minutes now. That's not fair, guys. Um, <laughs> should have kept my mouth shut. Um, our community is really important. What, what other things we could think of? Our workplace, Carol, you're on fire this morning. Uh, our workplace is another place. Do you know, how much time do we spend at work? Most of, okay, these days a lot of us work from home. I know, but we're still connected in. So how much time do we actually spend on Zoom? Some of us maybe five or six hours a day. But we are, our workplace is a place we spend a lot of time. We have opportunity for influence. Many people actually in, in, in the community, those particularly who don't, aren't part of the church community, often find their lifelong relationships at work. It's a place we can really be significant. And, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to parade your Christianity in the workplace because people will notice who you are and will want to come and talk to you when they need to talk to you. Joe's talking about pastoral care. We can be pastors, secret pastors in our workplaces. Nobody else needs to know that that's what we're doing. But we can be caring and influential in that way and we can have significance through that. So we've all got the opportunity to be significant in our sphere of influence and the key thing is, and this is a quote from Bill Johnson from the book, he says this, God has more significant designs for us, for you and for me, than would naturally enter our hearts or our minds. You know, we put ourselves down all the time. I don't know, maybe you don't. But we, I, I find I put myself down all the time. Why should I be doing this? Why should I even be thinking that that's possible? But his plan really is beyond what we could ask or think. His plan is really beyond what we could ask or think. So maybe just now, and then I'll close in a few minutes, maybe just now we'll just stop for a moment and perhaps just ask yourself, number one, do I really have that identity in God and know who I am? Just reflect on that. And then the second thing to reflect on is, what is my calling? What am I here for? Let's just take a moment and ask God what those things are. Father, we ask that right now, as we quiet in our hearts, you'll remind us of who we are in you, what our identity is. Sons and daughters of the living God, the ones who have all of the inheritance of the creator God at our disposal. We are the ones that have received spiritual riches in heavenly places beyond measure. We receive all of our identity in you right now. We receive that significance from you right now. And Father, we want to have ears that hear, eyes that see, physically and spiritually, into the calling that you've placed upon our lives, where we can be significant in those areas, those spheres of influence that we have. Reveal it to us right now, every one of us. Unique opportunity.
Father, we want to at very least begin that process today of hearing what your calling is for our lives. You know, it's in understanding what our calling is and what our purpose is that we're able to be successful. We are born for success, but we're not born necessarily for the success that the world thinks of. What sort of things would you say the world thinks of for success? Not Carol. (laughs) Money, yeah, money, having money, having wealth, having riches, nothing wrong with that, but that's something that I think the world looks to as one of the measures of success. Other things. Fame, Fame. yeah, fame. Even if it's just for the 15 minutes, fame is something, and I think more and more these days, everybody wants to be famous, everybody's got the opportunity to be famous. TikTok this and the next thing. Opportunity for that fame. What about the balcony? Any thoughts in the balcony? Qualification. Someone down there? Qualification? Yes. Oh, someone is in the balcony. Yes, thank you. Great. So, it's bouncing around. Uh, qualification, yeah, yeah. Qualification, learning and, and growing and having qualifications and those sort of things. And all of these things are good, but are they really the measure of success that we should be looking at. And I think the answer we, as church, often say is no. And that's true, but let's not forget that those things are important and we should have those things as well because Jesus grew in favour both with God and with man and to be able to do both of those things, sometimes we need to increase our influence and sometimes we do need a better qualification. If that's fulfilling the calling God's placed on your life and if you're achieving it because your heart is correct that you're doing it because you want to serve him does that make sense okay okay so we're born for success we've thought about what we might mean or what the world might mean by success but I don't mean those sort of things what I mean and again just another quotation here um, if we are truly if we are to truly succeed in life then we must succeed by God's eternal definition. All of the success will one day fail. It's true, isn't it? We know that everything will be burnt up, that at the end of the the day, when Jesus returns, the whole thing will be burnt up and it will all be created new and fresh. So anything we put our time and energy into needs to be something that's eternal. What What are the three things that we know of that are eternal? Theology lesson this morning. Three things that are eternal. Well, okay, physical things. Number one, God. God's eternal. Let's just start there, okay, guys? God is eternal. He is always, he has been and always will be. So number one, God is eternal. The other things that will go on forever, something that will be on forever is the word of God. Nothing will ever be taken from it. No jot or tittle will be lost from it. He, that goes on forever. And the third thing that goes on forever? People. People, we do. We, you know, we have the opportunity to go on forever. An eternity with God in the heavenly realms forever or an eternity forever separated from him. So what should we put our, what should we put our effort, energy into? It's hard work this morning. We should put our effort, energy into God, the word of God and people. Yes? Okay. Those are what's forever, and if we succeed in those ways, then we are successful. Only success by God's standard will endure. 
That's what I'm trying to say. So success for the believer is the fulfilment of our calling upon our life. The calling upon our life is to rest in those three things. Your significance is realized by the outworking of your identity and your purpose. Our purpose is threefold, to love God and to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and spirit, to worship him in every way, Matthew 22, 37, to reign in life, Romans 5, 17, and reigning in life is allowing his rule and reign to work through us in our lives, and thirdly, to uniquely serve in our sphere of influence, Genesis 1, 26, the very beginning, the commandment or the commission that God gave to, to Adam and Eve in the garden was that they would be the ones to influence their sphere and their, influ and their situation. We're to do the same. God intended us to be fruitful in those things. I've got a whole section here about Daniel. Daniel's a great example. As I've got one minute left, it won't be Daniel. Also, I've got Joseph. Joseph's a brilliant example. The Old Testament's given to us for our example, and we should look at it. Daniel, ten times better, him and his friends. Joseph. God intended it for good to accomplish his purposes. I've got Nehemiah. This work has been done with the help of God. And I've got Esther for such a time as this. Each of us has the opportunity. Each of us has been born for significance. Each of us has been born for success in our calling. And each of us has been born for such a time as this. Our ultimate destination is to experience the full kingdom of God in heaven for all eternity. Yes? Okay, that's our ultimate destination as Christians. I think we often get confused with our ultimate destination and our destiny. Our destiny isn't to spend eternity with God in heaven. Our destiny is the journey that takes us to that point. See the difference? We forget destiny and destination confused. When God chose you and I, he set us on a journey, he destined us, for that ultimate destination. And as we travel that journey, we experience our destiny, our calling to see the kingdom in the here and now in our lives, our businesses, our workplaces, wherever we happen to be. We're called to live out our destiny in this time because we're called to this time. We've got an opportunity to be significant in our world. We've got an opportunity to change our world, your world, where you have significance. We may not be able to change the entire situation in the Ukraine, but we can look after those that we know in the Ukraine. We may not be able to change the whole culture of Burgess Hill, but we can change the bit that we're part of. We might not be able to win our entire street for Jesus, but we can win those that we talk to once in a while in our street. Yeah? Does that all make some sort of sense? So, to conclude, you were born for significance, we're born for success, and we're born for such a time as this. Now is our time. Now is our time. We do have a purpose. We do have a calling. We do need to rely on our identity and trust in God. And if we do that and work that out in our day-to-day, -day, we will see significance in everything that we do because he wants us to be significant in all that we are and all that we do. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.